재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Well, after some five months of consultations, Seoul and Washington finally announced that uh, they did agree to install the THAAD battery system here in South Korea. Of course, uh, this was a very difficult decision for South Korea. We've highlighted some of the uh, issues at play uh, throughout the past year and a half uh, in terms of uh, the dilemma they faced. And the idea that both of these allies are trying to present to the rest of the world is that the THAAD system is focused solely on the North Korean threat, whether it's nuclear or ballistic missile, and is not directed towards any other nation, namely China. Now, China, for their part, does not believe that uh, rhetoric. They have been quite vehement in their opposition to this, even up through the lead-up to this decision and the concerns now here in Korea, including the critics of the current government's policy, is that uh, the retaliations that uh, are threatened by China could pose a risk to not just national security, but also to the economy. So where do you stand on the issue? Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a cacao talk message by adding TBS EFM as a plus friend. We're going to be joined by Professor Pakirak, a noted national security expert uh, in the second part of this discussion. But joining us here right now in the studio, our good friend from Hanguk University of Foreign Studies, law professor Huang Jong-uk. Professor Huang, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening, Henry. Okay, now, it was a difficult decision, as we say, and uh, even up through the lead-up, uh, Seoul had been even reticent to even admit that they were discussing That's the right. issue with U.S. officials. There were uh, summits that were taking place. There were meetings yeah. with defense officials. But now they seem to have finally come to this agreement. Um, give us your thoughts on what could be the calculations behind both the U.S. and South Korea's thinking on the announcement? Well, first of all, I think anybody who has some passing uh, familiarity with that, and I must put, put it in that position since I have you know, zero expertise on the actual technology of that. But, you know, I think everyone agrees that the THAAD system is mainly for medium to long-range ballistic missiles. And the major threat that North Korea has against you know, South Korea is actually you know, artil- artillery pieces and short-range missiles. So that is not really, you know, all that well suited to you know protect South Korea against North Korean threats. So I mean, just based on that technology uh, fact about the technology alone, I think the move is more of a show than to really counter against uh, you know the most crucial threat that South Korea faces from the North Korea. Right, and that's an important point that. Uh North Korea, of course, is developing their um, mid to long range missile technology. Yep, right. However, a lot of skepticism as to its accuracy and what have you. But if if a missile can go ten thousand kilometers, that's obviously not going to exactly. be a that's South Korean well target. South yeah, Korea, exactly. But there are there are countries nearby that do have that kind of technology. Of course, that's China, right. <laughs> just a little to the north there. Uh, you hear the U.S. and you hear South Korea say, "Look, guys, this is only directed towards." North Korea. So don't worry about it. China, though, for their part, they're not buying any of that, right? They, they're they saying that's completely just, I suppose, window dressing. Exactly. I and mean, the THAAD system has this thing called X-band radar system. And, you know, the facts about this is somewhat well known. For example, United States actually maintains similar system in Israel and supposedly it does a quite good job of doing surveillance in Iran, basically, from Israel. So, you know, obviously you can use the same system in South Korea to do surveillance on China. And China is acting very sensitive about that. And you would say then for China's 
national security perspective as well as for their national interest. And again, not being a Chinese apologist, they are pretty much well within the rights to be a little bit upset about this situation, right? I mean, it's fairly consistent with you know, what Russia would have done, what China would have done. I mean, Russia has been very, very sensitive about setting a missile defense network in Eastern Europe as part of the NATO. Basically, Chinese response is exactly what Russia was reacting to in Eastern Europe. And also, Russia is also not very happy about that, but it's China who's raising more more of a noise here in this case than Russia. But uh, we also have to keep in mind that Russia is not very happy about the latest development either. Right. I mean, if you, uh, I guess, go by the idea of mutually assured destruction and uh, uh, deterrence on both sides of the aisle, this sort of is a game changer. And obviously it does upset the balance of power there. Um, There are, as I mentioned, uh, critics here in South Korea uh, talking about what the reprisals could be. And uh, a lot of it has to be with... What has been, I suppose, a daily sight for many of us who walk around the streets of Seoul and you see busloads of Chinese tourists and you welcome yep. them. You welcome the uh, the boost it gives to the local economy with tourism, trade also growing between the two countries. How legitimate are the concerns with China and economic retaliation, especially because it is now by far their most important trading partner. Exactly. I mean, China is the Korea's largest exporting market. And, you know, a lot of tourist income in South Korea does come from Chinese tourists. And there are a lot of informal ways that Chinese can, you know, put pressure on those economic fronts. And, you know, even if they do, it will probably not be very obvious that they are actually doing it if they're doing it in an indirect way. You know, for example, fostering very negative news stories about South Korea, discouraging people to go to South Korea, for example, like, you know, how will you be able to track that? So, you know, in the end, we, we might be suspicious of some of the economic developments from China that are geared towards South Korea, but we'll probably be, never be sure and we'll always be worried in you know, how much of a role that that has played in the, the, the future developments to come. Right. So it won't be anything, I suppose, uh, in your face or, or very, I, I guess, obvious, like something like a blanket ban on all Chinese tourists to visit Korea or something. But it could be sort of like, let's say, a broadcaster says, we're not going to air this uh, drama on our exactly. TV station. Yep. We're going to air this uh, other country's uh, drama or even make it a little bit more cumbersome to to go through the tra- travel agency visa application process for tourists, that kind of thing? Exactly. I mean, already, you know, there's some development about, you know, the Korea's electro- electronic vehicle battery manufacturers have, have uh, facing trouble in China. And we have no idea if that has anything to do with the fad, but, you know, it might be. Who knows? Okay, so can we say that this is pretty much a fait accompli if they've gone through the trouble of actually announcing it publicly and the defense ministry today saying that Hongju is going to be aside? There really is no turning back now, right? Well, I think uh, we also have to look at you know how the United States will uh, will play into this. If you recall, back in February, you know it looked like the Thad will be deployed in Korea within weeks, basically. But suddenly, you know, the the U.S. actually met up with Chinese high officials, and somehow, you know, things there seems to be some kind of talks behind the uh, behind the closed doors, and you know, things kind of went on until now. So, you know, it, this is a delicate dance that's going on among China, and United States, and Korea. So, you know, I'll n- never say that it, 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 we. You know, we could certainly see some surprises, I think. Aside from the fear of the economic retaliation uh, from China's 
perspective again, what would be some of the countermeasures, I guess, both diplomatically and um, in terms of what they want to move militarily? I mean, now that China is fairly unhappy as South Korea and the United States over this that issue, obvious chip in their bargaining is, you know, North Korea or the, the continuing sanctions against North Korea. You know, they can say, well, you certainly, this is a big affront to us. We are just not going to do our best with, you know, imposing sanctions on North Korea. I mean, you know, we are already having suspicions about how serious China would have been. And this probably, you know, you know China is, prob- is already thinking about how are we going to get back into South Korea and, uh, and the United States and North Korea, I think, would be, you know, very obvious choice for them. So if, if anyone... I don't know if you can call it winners and losers, but if anyone, despite their bellicose rhetoric and saying, oh, we're going to have some, you know, very, very harsh uh, retaliatory measures against deploying that, as you said, not really going to affect North Korea too much. But North Korea comes out of this, if you look at it from, again, their official point of view that. This is not a bad development for us. Yeah, I mean, certainly the, the, until last year, there was a lot of you know, rapprochement between China and South Korea with, you know, President Park Geun-hye even going to the you know, 70th anniversary of the, you know, that's World War II in China. And now we have this real rift between China and South Korea relationship. And I, I can't imagine North Korea being unhappy about that. Does that essentially then remove and, you know, to the extent that South Korea with this current administration has been trying to have some kind of engagement process in terms of denuclearization uh, rather than just the sticks approach and, and not offer too many carrots. But do they lose now a lot of leverage, at least in the short to midterm in terms of trying to get cooperation as to how to put further pressure on North Korea? I think that's the biggest risk. I mean, we now don't really know how Chinese will react. I mean, they're certain, certainly are not happy about North Korea's nuclear weapon, uh, weapon development, but, you know, based on their reaction, they seem to be even more unhappy about the THAAD system. Right. They always uh, term that relationship the uh, big brother-little brother relationship. Often uh, the big brother gets very much annoyed at the little brother and maybe uh, was trying to push him aside. But uh, I guess at the end of the day, <laughs> the family is what you have, at right. least from those two countries. Uh, let's take a short break. We're going to continue this discussion. We're going to get the national security perspective from Professor Pakirak. Give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51. Stay tuned. You're listening to Primetime.